All right, welcome back to the Whitetail Experience Podcast. Let's go! I am jacked up because I am hopefully going to get out of work here in a couple hours and go check some trail cams, actually pull them in for the season at this point. But, you know, it's been a minute, a hot minute, since we got on and did a podcast, and I apologize for that. Uh, right now, we've kind of been focusing on getting our stuff out to YouTube and then hunting hard here in the later half of the, of the season. But, uh, you know, we got a, quite a few updates, some cool thoughts. Uh, I do maybe have some insight to, to some new products coming out from XOP and Lone Wolf Custom Gear. May or may not. Anyways, but, um, you know, starting things off, we did some Kentucky muzzleloader hunting here recently. And that was a, a really good time because, you know, we did like a mini deer camp style camp down there. Hunt, oh, two days as kind of a team. And that's something we used to do a lot more of. I think here in recent years, we've been, you know, hunting hard and hunting kind of solo a little more frequently. I know Whitetail Experience started, we we wanted to team up and film each other's hunts a little bit. And then, I, you know, it just it just didn't work out that way. We, we don't have a lot of bucks. We weren't killing as many deer. And the solo filming has become easier. I prefer it. Dave does not. I don't want anybody else in a tree with me. I'm there on a mission. He, you know, really prefers the cut up, the camaraderie, having somebody to embrace the suck with. Um, I tend to hunt some trees where two guys is not an option by any any means, um, including, you know, this year's uh, kill tree. But, you know, the Kentucky trip was fun. Gun season is always a, a little, like, less intense, but also more of a, a team, let's go get them kind of attitude. And Andy and Dave both had, you know, um, buck tags, so or buck tags, doe tags, and so that was kind of a, a major focus for for us to get, you know, get them hopefully something in the freezer. And sure enough, Andy on a dart throw, you know, we knew the general area, but Dave and I had pretty precise pins and access mapped. Andy was kind of like, "Hey, we think this area could be good. Why don't you hunt it for the first hour or two, and then." you know, go for a scout or a still hunt. And that's what he did. But, you know, he had action right off the rip and was able to kill a doe. That video is on our YouTube channel as kind of some of the, oh, more of the aspect of us doing doing that kind of style hunt. It's, it's, there's some good stuff out there if you want to check it out. You know, kind of speaking also of Kentucky, I went back down later in the week and I need to make a YouTube video on this. I kind of went back to two long sticks, in my mobile setup versus three uh, mini doubles. And it was a good change up. I, I think one, it, it allows me to continue to, to test and compare the two sticks, you know, just in case somebody DMs me, we get a lot of questions about mobile gear. And so I can speak accurately to both. And you know, the, the, the two long sticks, especially with a gun in my hand, I necessarily don't need to get up super high. I've got the advantage of the firearm. And so it was a, almost a pound lighter. I think it was like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.8 pounds lighter than three double or yeah, three doubles with cable eater. So I just tried that out. It's a little more streamlined for packing and, and went that route here for, for kind of some muzzleloader hunts. But one thing I did try, and this is where I need to make the YouTube videos. I've seen guys use the, the, the Nader eater and the movable eater. And I saw a video of a guy using a daisy chain and kind of, Oh, 
cinch roping it around his boot and then using it to put around the speed button and using it as an aider. I thought that was a decent idea. You know, it weighs zero. Uh, a daisy chain in your pack can do like four or five different things from hanging a stand to maybe a second rope on your stand, stick, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can use it to hang gear going around the tree, kind of like that hiss strap from Tethered. And so I was like, huh, let me try that out. Oh my God, it was terrible. It got caught on my stick, climbing. I think it would have been fine if I had a movable style aider. You know, guys like Parker and um, Greg Godfrey, they they do the movable aider um, system. And they do it. I think that's easier than this, like, cinching of a daisy chain around your boot and then moving it. It, it was awful. Don't I do not recommend it. Um. But, you know, I did some of that. I saw a couple deer. We did see some pressure. I think that's a little COVID-related as well with, with people just not having as much to do, if you will. And, and so um, we learned a few things from, from camping and hunting that, that I think we need to utilize going forward. And, and one of those would be Dave stoked the, the, the wood stove at like 10 o'clock, and we were roasting, I feel like, until about midnight or 1. I just didn't get the quality of sleep. Uh, that I really wanted to, to hunt hard for multiple days. Dave's got a real nice tent. It's uh, a couple guys have, have asked what it, what it was. It's the Cabela's Alacnac and he's got a wood burner in there and, uh, it's, it's nice. You can stand up. It does take a, a smidge of time to, to get like set up if you will, but it's, it's an, it's a four season tent. We've used it on a few trips and, and three guys with gear, no issues as far as, Oh, not having enough space. It, it worked really well for that. And you get the advantage of better gas mileage with your vehicle because you're not pulling a trailer or anything like that. And, and yeah, that was, it was a good trip. Uh, some other things we learned as far as, you know, food prep wise, we picked up on some stuff like that. Uh, Dave reheated a couple really good meals and, you know, so stuff as simple as brats, you know, um, worked really well over the open fire and quick it, it was a quick you know one day he made lunch real quick it was like hot dogs and brats so we didn't waste a lot of time you know prepping some crazy meal but it gave us some hot food and, and that was a nice little morale boost i think on the last day um speaking of the kentucky trip i did get a new muzzleloader and was sighting it in right before going and this is where the rant of the day comes in vances in obets now, Vance's is a pretty well-known store here in Columbus. They, I think the the Cleveland Avenue location does like third most gun sales in the U.S. And I've had great customer service at that and even the Buckeye Lake store. But the Groveport location, I went in there kind of looking to buy a red dot, ended up buying a Diamondback, um, Vortex Diamondback scope. And I was there at the counter and... I was like, hey, let's go ahead and buy this scope over this red dot. And I was like, can you mount it? And they said, okay, that's a, I think it's like a $20 fee. And I'm like, uh, really? Like here I am buying a $300 scope and you're going to charge me 20 bucks to put it on you. But if you buy a gun from Vance's, oh, it's free. And I'm like, dude, I'm buying a scope that's more expensive than some of your guns. Like, like you do the math, buddy. Okay, whatever, I'll pay that. And I said, well, why don't you bore sight it for me too? Oh, that's another $20. I'm like, shit, dude, I leave for Kentucky in a week. I was like, this will save me some time. You know, I can only, you know, shoot a muzzle loader a few times before I, I, I got to get on this trip. And I so, so I said, all right, I'll pay it. Well, I get home and, and go to shoot this thing. 
and second shot, the scope rattles loose. And to make a long story short, the guy that I paid money to install in Boresight, one of the connector pieces that, that goes from the, the rail, essentially they put on top of the barrel, um, kind of mounting the whole scope system, it's off by like an eighth of an inch and doesn't settle where it needed to go. I know that's a tough description in a podcast, but it, it was something very elementary. And here I paid you X number of dollars, you know, to essentially quicken my process. And I got to start it over from zero. So I called Vance's back, made sure, cause I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if like I could damage those screws by tightening them on there too tight or anything like that. And, and really, you know, I'm not a gun expert shit. And, and so I, you know, I kind of, talked to one of their customer service reps and you know he kind of did zero about it and so rant of the day i will not be taking my stuff there to get worked on at least that that obet's location so shame on you vances you, you gave me a real headache moving on um you know late season is here and and we had a few guys uh this week i apologize i don't have the name in front of me but, you know, reach out to, hey, we're hunting late season. What all can we be doing um, at this point in the year if we're tagged out or we're still hunting? And, and you know, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Late season public land, we have not killed a lot of deer. It is not easy. Andrew, that was the guy's name. Um, really appreciate him reaching out and kind of just, you know, we talked deer for, for a couple messages back and forth the other day. And he was tagged out, but his buddy was still hunting, and they were wanting to, my thoughts, I guess, on their current situation, and to, to, to not sugarcoat it in any means. Tony Peterson said it the best, and Tony does the Hunt for Real podcast. He's been on Wired to Hunt plenty, and he's a true DIY guy. And, and it's funny, you read all these articles on late season, and guys love late season. And Tony's response is, yeah, in what world? Winky? Lakoski world? Sure. It's awesome. You've got the best food. You've got the best farms. It's probably the best hunting of the year. Uh, Somebody like myself, I've got, you know, public land is definitely hard at that time of year. Uh, The food plot game, even if you do have food on the piece, those deer know. I mean, they've been shot at now for three months. Uh, They're they're aware of the tricks and and the game, and, and a lot of hunters have chased after those deer. It is, it is tough to, to get done. Not impossible. Dave's had some really action-packed late-season hunts. I've seen the third rut if you get to some of those lower deer density areas where um, one day, in fact, I jumped three pair of buck does, and, and one was a 140. Uh, I Actually, at the time, it was the biggest frame deer I think I'd ever seen. And uh, it can be done late-season, but, but we personally, and I'd be interested if someone would leave a comment, late-season public land, Oh, killing a solid deer for the area, especially with a bow. I wonder how many guys. I got to think that's a pretty small, slim list. But you know, it, it was it, it was something that that you know Andrew and I went back and forth on. And you know, if you look to right around the corner, it's it's scouting season. I'm a big proponent of you know you only have so many little weekends or after work getaways to to walk. And, and if you don't have your blueprints of your area, I don't think I have to scout as hard this year. I may try and add a new piece, um, just due to COVID pressure. I think, you know, there's more people in public lands gaining popularity, which is good and bad at the same time for us. But it's, it's something that, 
you know, you can you can you can start your scouting essentially now. It's it's not a terrible idea. I actually don't like to scout in the snow myself. I know for some of the listeners, like uh, Wisconsin guys, like they have snow on the ground pretty much all year until March and uh, Marchish. And here we're kind of right on the snow belt where uh, even Southern Ohio gets way less snow than than North of Columbus. So. It, uh, it's one of those things that I, I prefer no snow on the ground just because I can cover miles and the snow covers up deer poop um, as well. And just I, I can see scrapes. Uh, yeah, I just prefer no snow personally. That's just my, my preference. Uh, that's, you know, I actually got frustrated last year doing a bunch of miles with Kyle and Dave in the snow. And I was like, this is terrible walking. You know, I, I couldn't get to, to as many pins or areas to check out as I wanted to. As for, you know, custom gear has, has, has leaked, you know, a backpack coming and it's probably going to be very Andre Cody specific as far as what I can tell. I think he's got a few things else he's tinkering with. Andre, man, he is always thinking about X, Y, and Z and where he can improve a product as a bow hunter. And so, like, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see. I, 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 I don't want to tease too much. I know XOP's got a few cool things coming, too. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to jump on here, give a quick podcast. I want to get Dave on, and we can compare some notes and, and hopefully, you know, ride out the, the rest of the year. Oh, also, shit. Uh, I am going to do a YouTube video after I hang this up, actually. I did a rope scrape. And I've got some pretty cool results to share with you guys. And I think that'll be a nice visual. I did this on my uh, family acreage and, and learned a lot. But I think I took a tree stand location from a 4 or 5 out of 10 to like a 7, 8 out of 10. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's definitely getting better. And I continue to work on that piece as far as the timber and, and fail, failing on food plots there. I got a solid C- minus on my food plot this year. But uh, guys, I appreciate you uh, tuning in. My sister and I are going to hit the muzzleloader season, hopefully. I think Dave and Andy were texting earlier today. They're going to get out and do some hunting. They really need to scout a little more to to hopefully re- you know essentially find out what's going on in the timber. And just with late season food sources and everything uh, of the pressure of the gun seasons now. So it's a, it's a tough road ahead if you guys are out there still chasing them. I know a few of you are. Best of luck. I think that's all I got. Team Harder and Bucks, we're out.